we need to be willing to be the one to bring hope in a dark situation. This is the LifeSpring One-Year Bible coming to you from Riverside, California and podcasting since 2004. My name is Steve Webb. I'm your OG Godcaster. Today is Gospel Saturday. We'll complete the Gospels with chapters 27 and 28 of the Acts of the Apostles. And uh, hmm, seems like there was something else I was going to say today, too. What was it? Oh, yeah. This is the last episode of the LifeSpring One-Year Bible. Yes, after 13 seasons, this is it. I've already told you my reasons, so I'll not belabor the point, but I will have some closing thoughts later in the show today. The website is lifespringmedia.com and contact information will be at the end of the show. Before we read, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for our time together. We pray, God, that as we read today, you would touch our hearts, that you would touch our minds, that you would teach us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's begin. Acts chapter 27. It was decided that we would sail for Italy. Paul and some other prisoners were handed over to a Roman commander named Julius. He belonged to the Imperial Guard. We boarded a ship from Adramidium. It was about to sail for ports along the coast of Asia Minor. We headed out to sea. Aristarchus was with us. He was a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day we landed at Sidon. There, Julius was kind to Paul. He let Paul visit his friends so they could give him what he needed. From there, we headed out to sea again. We passed the calmer side of Cyprus because the winds were against us. We sailed across the open sea off the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia. Then we landed at Myra in Lycia. There, the commander found a ship from Alexandria sailing for Italy. He put us on board. We moved along slowly for many days. We had trouble getting to Nidus. The wind did not let us stay on course, so we passed the calmer side of Crete, opposite Salmoni. It was not easy to sail along the coast. Then we came to a place named Fair Havens. It was near the town of Lycia. A lot of time had passed. Sailing had already become dangerous. By now it was after the Day of Atonement, a day of fasting. So Paul gave them a warning. Men, he said, I can see that our trip is going to be dangerous. The ship and everything in it will be lost. Our own lives will be in danger also. But the commander didn't listen to what Paul said. Instead, he followed the advice of the pilot and the ship's owner. The harbor wasn't a good place for ships to stay during winter, so most of the people decided we should sail on. They hoped we would reach Phoenix. They wanted to spend the winter there. Phoenix was a harbor in Crete. It faced both southwest and northwest. A gentle south wind began to blow. They thought that this was what they had been waiting for. So they pulled up the anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind blew down from the island. It had the force of a hurricane. It was called a northeaster. The ship was caught up by the storm. We could not keep it sailing into the wind. So we gave up and were driven along. We passed the calmer side of a small island called Cauda. We almost lost the lifeboat. So the men lifted it on board. Then they tied ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. They were afraid it would get stuck on the sandbars of Sirtis. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took a very bad beating from the storm. The next day, the crew began to throw the ship's contents overboard. On the third day, they even threw the ship's gear overboard with their own hands. The sun and stars didn't appear for many days. The storm was terrible, so we gave up all hope of being saved. The men had not eaten for a long time. Paul stood up in front of them. 
Men, he said, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have avoided this harm and loss. Now I beg you to be brave. Not one of you will die. Only the ship will be destroyed. I belong to God and serve Him. Last night His angel stood beside me. The angel said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must go on trial in front of Caesar. God has shown His grace by sparing the lives of all those sailing with you. Men, continue to be brave. I have faith in God. It will happen just as He told me. But we must run the ship onto the beach of some island. On the fourteenth night we were still being driven across the Sea of Adria. About midnight the sailors had a feeling that they were approaching land. They measured how deep the water was. They found that it was a hundred twenty feet deep. A short time later they measured the water again. This time it was ninety feet deep. They were afraid we would crash against the rocks, so they dropped four anchors from the back of the ship. They prayed that daylight would come. The sailors wanted to escape from the ship, so they let the lifeboat down into the sea. They pretended they were going to lower some anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul spoke to the commander and the soldiers. These men must stay with the ship, he said. If they don't, you can't be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat. They let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul tried to get them all to eat. For the last fourteen days, he said, you have wondered what would happen. You have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I'm asking you to eat some food. You need it to live. Not one of you will lose a single hair from your head. After Paul said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God. He did this where they all could see him. Then he broke it and began to eat. All of them were filled with hope, so they ate some food. There were 276 of us on board. They ate as much as they wanted. They needed to make the ship lighter, so they threw the rest of the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they saw a bay with a sandy beach. They didn't recognize the place, but they decided to run the ship onto the beach if they could. So they cut the anchors loose and left them in the sea. At the same time, they untied the ropes that held the rudders. They lifted the sail at the front of the ship to the wind. Then they headed for the beach, but the ship hit a sandbar, so the front of it got stuck and wouldn't move. The back of the ship was broken to pieces by the pounding of the waves. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners. They wanted to keep them from swimming away and escaping. But the commander wanted to save Paul's life, so he kept the soldiers from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and swim to land. The rest were supposed to get there on boards or other pieces of the ship. That is how everyone reached land safely. Acts chapter 28 When we came ashore, we learned that the island was called Malta. The local people were very friendly, and they welcomed us by building a fire, because it was rainy and cold. After Paul had gathered some wood and had put it on the fire, the heat caused a snake to crawl out, and it bit him on the hand. When the local people saw the snake hanging from Paul's hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer. He didn't drown in the sea, but the goddess of justice will kill him anyway. Paul shook the snake off into the fire and wasn't harmed. The people kept thinking that Paul would either swell up or suddenly drop dead. They watched him for a long time, and when nothing happened to him, they changed their minds and said, this man is a god. The governor of the island was named Publius, and he owned some of the land around there. Publius was very friendly and welcomed us into his home for three days. His father was in bed, sick with a fever and stomach trouble, and Paul went to visit him. Paul healed the man by praying and placing his hands on him. After this happened, everyone on the island brought their sick people to Paul, and they were all healed. 
The people were very respectful to us, and when we sailed, they gave us everything we needed. Three months later, we sailed in a ship that had been docked at Malta for the winter. The ship was from Alexandria in Egypt and was known as the Twin Gods. We arrived in Syracuse and stayed for three days. From there, we sailed to Regium. The next day, a south wind began to blow, and two days later, we arrived in Puteoli. There, we found some of the Lord's followers who begged us to stay with them. A week later, we left for the city of Rome. Some of the followers in Rome heard about us and came to meet us at the market of Appius and at the three inns. When Paul saw them, he thanked God and was encouraged. We arrived in Rome, and Paul was allowed to live in a house by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days after we got there, Paul called together some of the Jewish leaders and said, My friends, I have never done anything to hurt our people, and I have never gone against the customs of our ancestors. But in Jerusalem I was handed over as a prisoner to the Romans. They looked into the charges against me and wanted to release me. They found that I had not done anything deserving death. The Jewish leaders disagreed, so I asked to be tried by the emperor. But I don't have anything to say against my own nation. I am bound by these chains because of what we people of Israel hope for. This is why I have called you here to talk about this hope of ours. The leaders replied, No one from Judea has written us a letter about you, and not one of them has come here to report on you or to say anything against you. But we would like to hear what you have to say. We understand that people everywhere are against this new group. They agreed on a time to meet with Paul, and many of them came to his house. From early morning until late in the afternoon, Paul talked to them about God's kingdom. He used the law of Moses and the books of the prophets to try to win them over to Jesus. Some of the leaders agreed with what Paul said, but others did not. Since they could not agree among themselves, they started leaving. But Paul said, The Holy Spirit said the right thing when he sent Isaiah the prophet to tell our ancestors, Go to these people and tell them, You will listen and listen, but never understand. You will look and look, but never see. All of you have stubborn hearts. Your ears are stopped up and your eyes are covered. You cannot see or hear or understand. If you could, you would turn to me and I would heal you. Paul said, You may be sure that God wants to save the Gentiles and they will listen. For two years, Paul stayed in a rented house and welcomed everyone who came to see him. He bravely preached about God's kingdom and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ, and no one tried to stop him. Well, beloved, when we last left Paul, he was on trial before Festus and Agrippa when he appealed his case to Caesar. So now he's being shipped off to Rome, the capital of the empire where Caesar was located. What I'd like to look at in chapter 27 today is how Paul encouraged the men that were on board the ship when it looked like all was lost. Paul had already told them that he belonged to God and that he served God and that an angel had told him that all on board would be spared. Now, can you imagine the reaction he must have gotten from the sailors and the other prisoners on the ship? Do you think maybe there was some scoffing? I think so. But at the height of the storm, two weeks into it as a matter of fact, two weeks! Paul encourages the men to eat in order to live, and he reminded them that they would not come to harm in the storm. But words are cheap, so in their sight, he took some bread, gave thanks to God, and ate. And scripture says that when they saw that, they were all filled with hope. You know, sometimes God puts us in a situation where we can bring hope and where we can make a difference. Without hope, the will to carry on or even the will to live can be extinguished. 
I know in my own life there have been times where it seemed like all was lost, and then God would bring somebody into my life that would encourage me with a word from the Lord, and I knew that I would be able to make it another day. We need to be willing to be the one to bring hope in a dark situation. It really can save a life and even bring someone to the throne of God. And now let's take a quick look at the end of the last chapter of Acts, chapter 28. You'll remember that Paul quoted Isaiah to the Jewish leaders. He quoted Isaiah 6, 9, and 10, which said, Go to your people, say to them, You will hear but never understand. You will see but never know what you're seeing. These people's hearts have become stubborn. They can barely hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes. They might hear with their ears. They might understand with their hearts. They might turn, and then I would heal them. When God gave that message to Isaiah, it was a message to the Jewish people. It was one of the many times that God had had enough of their rejection of him. And now Paul is quoting these verses to the Jewish leaders in Rome because the Lord wants them to know that the message of the gospel, which has been presented to them and which they rejected, will be taken to the Gentiles where it will be embraced and accepted. Beloved, God is patient, but there is a point at which he draws the line. I believe that today we're getting very close to the time when God says, Enough! You have rejected my son long enough. I have offered you forgiveness through his shed blood, and you have chosen your own way. You refuse to listen to my Holy Spirit as he tries to speak to you, and your ears will not hear, and your eyes will not see. Your hearts are hardened. Therefore, you cannot turn to me and let me heal you. Beloved, this message in Isaiah was because of the Jews' rejection of God. Today, much of mankind has rejected Christ. It's man's pride in wanting to be his own master. And as our nation and our world falls deeper and deeper into sin and farther and farther away from God, we're seeing more and more outrageous behaviors being accepted by the culture. It's no wonder because without God, man is unable to govern himself. Now is the time, beloved, for each of us, you and me and every believing person on the planet, to get on our knees and pray. Pray for God's hand in the affairs of the world. Pray that people would open their eyes. Pray for your unsaved family and friends. Time may be short, beloved. Don't sit idly by and let them be left behind. Be bold. Don't be cowed by those who will not hear. You, beloved, you have the message of life. Don't be afraid to share it with those people that are dying around you. Will you commit with me and other LifeSpring family members to pray? Even though the show's ending, the 714 Club is there. What is that? Well, it's a group of us that have determined that we will pray every day at 714 a.m. or p.m. or both. Why 714? Second Chronicles 714 says, If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So, will you join us? Go to 714club.org and put your name in. If you have thoughts or questions, let me hear from you. Send a boostagram or call the LifeSpring family hotline or go to the comments page or write an email. And of course, I'll remind you how to do that at the end of the show. This note came in from Jason Paschal. And of course, Jason has shared the uh, show art duties with Scott Snyder. So this is what Jason said. 
Hi, Steve. Feel free to use any or none of this for the show, but mainly I've been meaning to send this message to you since shortly after you announced this season as the conclusion for the LifeSpring One Year Bible. I want to thank you so much for the show and share that it was a joy and a privilege to participate. Well, thank you, Jason. It's been a joy to have you along. Jason says, I know I've likely read through the entire Bible over the years, but this was the first time I've successfully completed a reading plan, to be certain. I've heard you mention Chuck Smith in the past, so I'm guessing you're familiar with Chuck Missler. Yes, I am. Jason says, I was a Berean member and listened to his weekly briefings, commentaries, and other topical productions, and I've not had a consistent Bible-focused podcast that I've enjoyed as much as those until I found you through No Agenda, another No Agenda producer on board. Jason says, I look forward to seeing or hearing your future efforts for any podcast concepts that you choose to do, and for an idea influenced by my prior experiences with Missler, it would be great to hear your thoughts and insights on each book of the Bible for a monthly podcast. I'm not suggesting a multi-hour commentary, but maybe an overview to include any important insights or context that you think would be good for the listeners to be aware of for studying that book more thoroughly. With that monthly equipping and prompting, maybe it could serve as a call to action for listeners to take time within the following month to dig more deeply into each book of the Bible. Well, Jason, I like that idea. Something to kick around in my uh, noggin. Jason says, that's just an idea, but I also appreciate that you have other ideas you're working on in addition to enjoying your rest after many podcasting marathons. I pray that God will richly bless you and Leanne with all the plans he has for you both. Thanks, Jason. Well, Jason, thank you. Like I said, it's been a joy having you around. And uh, I appreciate your thoughts. And I'm glad you've been a part of the LifeSpring family. LifeSpring Berean Sister Ann sent in a $150 donation. And given the frequency of these donations, she is our executive producer today. Thank you so much, Sister Ann. God bless you. And I hope to see you in Howie next month when the lovely lady Leanne and I visit Sean and Brittany for little Howie's first birthday. And then Michael Hayner is our associate producer today with a $133.64 donation. You get it? 13364 Show number donation. Thank you, Michael. God bless you. He says, Thank you for everything, Steve. You have made a difference in so many people's lives. I pray you enjoy your hobby and time with the family. If you ever need anything, please feel free to reach out. I hope this one-time donation can give a little boost to the funds to help keep the lights on, as they say. I also plan to keep my weekly donation going. ITM and, or in the morning for those of you that don't listen to No Agenda, but ITM and God bless you and the entire LifeSpring family. P.S. We still need to meet up somewhere quieter sometime for lunch. Well, Michael, thank you so much for that donation. And uh, yes, we do need to meet up somewhere. Uh, now that I will have some time, uh, we can do that. Let's make it a point to get in touch with one another and, and make that date. Um, and yes, uh, this donation will certainly help to keep the lights on as I keep the website going in the over 3,000 episodes and uh, with the new LifeSpring One Year Bible Rewind. So thank you, Michael. And thank you so much for continuing the weekly. Uh, that's uh, above and beyond the call of duty. And I, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. And then Anonymous sent in their weekly $33.33 donation, and they are also today's associate producer. And Michael Hayner comes in once more with his weekly $7.77 striper donation. Thank you, Michael, for that. And now Boostagrams. 
Jamie the Trucker sent in a 13364 show number boost, and he said, Jamie the Trucker, sitting in Laredo. Thank you, Steve, for doing the one-year Bible. While I haven't been a part of the LifeSpring family for the full year, the time I've been here has been a true blessing. Thank you for your courage and looking forward to whatever comes down the line. Sir Jamie of the Highway. Well, thank you, Sir Jamie. God bless you. I appreciate that so much. And then, wait, there's another one right behind it. 14001 sats from Jamie the Trucker. He said, Jamie the Trucker is still sitting in Laredo, just in case you get that itch to start a 14th season. Here's a show number donation for the first episode. And he sent a winking emoji. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. God bless you. And then 7,540 sets came in from Fountain user OG Podcast Listener 2004. 2004. Okay, now I have to know who you are. OG Podcast Listener 2004. You go back as far listening to podcasts as I do making them. So uh, write to me. Let me know who you are. Um, he said, uh, I assume it's a he, uh, clearing out my fountain wallet. Thank you for all you do. Well, OG podcast listener 2004, thank you for that boost. God bless you. And then lastly, a thousand sats came in from Lily of the Valley, who we heard from just a few days ago in the uh, prayer request segment. He says, thank you for a wonderful year through the Bible. And well, thank you for being there. Thank you for the uh, boostogram. And uh, we continue to pray for you, brother. I've said it before, but it bears repeating. I am so very thankful for everyone who has ever donated time, talent, or treasure to help support the show. Each of you have truly been part of the team, and you have had a big part in keeping the LifeSpring One-Year Bible going. I could not have done 13 years without your help. That's a fact. My prayer for you is that God will bless you real good, as they say down south. I'm sure there are rewards in heaven for what you've done to be a part of the support team, but I pray he'll bless you here too. I love you guys so much. And beloved, if you have not yet donated, it isn't too late. True, this show will end production with this episode, but as I mentioned yesterday, there will be a LifeSpring One-Year Bible Rewind podcast starting up very soon so that others can read through the Bible in a year. Your donation now will help to pay the expenses for that show. Hosting fees, bandwidth fees, software subscriptions, they all add up. But if this show has brought something good to your life, please pray about sending a gift. The size is up to you and the Lord, of course. I appreciate every donation, just so that the amount is meaningful to you. And here's where you can donate. LifespringMedia.com slash support. I'll thank you. Those who hear these episodes in the future will thank you, and I believe that God will bless you. This call came in on the LifeSpring family hotline. Hello, my love and the LifeSpring family. Just wanted to call and say how much we have just enjoyed interacting with all of you over the years. It has been a blessing and a privilege. And I know I don't do the podcast, but I have prayed with you and just rejoiced with you over the years. We are so grateful that God has brought each and every one of you into our lives. And we pray that God will bless you richly and deeply and we also hope that you will keep in touch with us. Just because the podcast is ending doesn't mean our relationship has to stop. Keep us in your mind when you have prayers. Reach out to us. We'd love to still pray for you and rejoice with you. And I pray that God will just bring you wonderful things and take care of you throughout the years. And if we don't meet you here on earth, we'll meet you in heaven. God bless and yay Jesus. 
<laughs> yes, yay, Jesus. James in Norway has left his mark on us, hasn't he? Yay, Jesus, indeed. And yeah, just so that you know, beloved, that's from Leanne's heart. I did not ask her for that message. And in her message, she messaged that we would still like to pray with you and for you. And that's true. I'm leaving up the prayer request page at prayer.lifespringmedia.com. So when you have a prayer request or a praise report, let us know. You can be sure that we will include you in our daily prayers. Now, the lovely Lady Leanne's call is a perfect lead-in to what I'd like to say to end the show. It has been an honor to host 13 years of reading God's Word on this show. I consider it to be one of the most important things I've ever done, and I don't know why God called me to this microphone those 19-plus years ago, other than the fact that I asked Him what I could do to serve Him. And doing that first show, the LifeSpring podcast, was so exciting because we were just sort of figuring out what to do with this new thing called podcasting. But then, after a few years, God led me to begin this show. This show is the one I'm most proud of, if I can use that word in a non-prideful way. I think you know what I mean. I'm happiest that he called me to do that. Let's put it that way. I can't think of a more important and, at the same time, a more humbling thing to do than to read the Bible to a potentially global audience, especially in these turbulent times. Again, the fact that he called me to do that is just, well, it just leaves me speechless. But I could not have done it without a lot of help. First, the lovely Lady Leanne deserves so much credit. She's been there every step of the way. She's allowed me to spend literally countless hours on the show, time that she could have rightly insisted that I spend helping with running the household. And she allowed me to spend our household income on the show in the years when there were no donations coming in. I could see the download numbers, so I knew people were listening, so we kept the show alive. And she's given up time that she would have liked to have been going out on a date with me, but I couldn't because I had to get a show out. And she did all this without one complaint. Sometimes I could see a little disappointment on her face when I had to tell her no, but she didn't complain, not even once. This show has been as much her ministry as it has mine. Thank you, sweetheart. I love you with all my heart. And I want to thank this year's team, Sister Denise, Michael Hayner, Scott Snyder, Jason Paschal, and Sister Brittany. I don't know that I could have done another year of this show without their help. They save literally hours a week for me. They have each gone above and beyond with their donations of time and talent. And for these donations, I'm awarding Michael Hayner, Scott Snyder, and Jason Paschal with the title of Lifespring Family Berean. From this moment on, they are Brother Michael, Brother Scott, and Brother Jason. Sister Denise earned her title for her service last year, and Sister Brittany is the better half of Brother Sean, formerly of San Pedro, who served on the team in season 12. And Sister Brittany's service this year has been so valuable to me. Thank you, team. May God bless each of you richly. And I want to thank each of you who have written in with questions or comments or just notes of encouragement. You have no idea how important you've been to me. I tell you, sitting here in the studio for hours on end, talking into a microphone, sometimes it can feel like nobody's out there if nothing comes back in. Well, your notes have been like the wind in the sails of a ship. They were confirmation for me that someone is there. Your comments and questions have helped me to learn who you are and what you care about. You've shared your heart with me, and I'm honored by that. Thank you for trusting me. 
And now for you silent LifeSpring family members. You're there. I'm so glad you're there. I get it. Life is busy. You have a lot to do, and interacting with a podcast is low on your list of priorities. I understand that. There are some podcasts that I listen to that I've not written to or communicated with in any way. I'm glad those podcasts are there, but I've never told them. So I do understand. And I'll say this. My email box is always open to you. If you ever feel like writing to introduce yourself or to ask me a question or whatever, I'd love to hear from you. And then to everybody, to all of you, like the lovely Lady Leanne said in her call, if we don't meet you here on earth, we're looking forward to meeting you in heaven. Now, before I go, I want to remind you to subscribe or follow the LifeSpring Media All Shows podcast feed in your podcast app. That way, anytime I produce another podcast episode, it will show up in your app. You can also subscribe or follow at lifespringmedia.com slash subscribe or lifespringmedia.com slash follow. Both links will take you to the same page. Once you do that, you'll never miss an episode no matter what podcast I do. Well, I guess that's it. If you've been with me this entire season, congratulations, you've made it. If you started sometime later, congratulations to you for sticking through to the end. You can always go back and listen to the ones you missed or look out for the LifeSpring One Year Bible Rewind podcast. And really, honestly, please don't be a stranger. Stay in touch. Here's how to do that. Send a boostogram using a modern podcast app or call the LifeSpring family hotline at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven or go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com if you have a prayer request or a praise report. If you have a comment or a question for me, go to comment.lifespringmedia.com. And again, my email address is steve at lifespringmedia.com. Thanks to the team, Sister Denise, Brother Michael, Brother Scott, Brother Jason, and Sister Brittany for their generous donations of time and talent. Brother Jason did today's show art. Thank you so much for sharing your life with me today and all year long. May God bless you richly, and I'll see you on the next show. I'm Steve Webb. Bye. LifeSpring Media, bringing the message of hope, love, and good news since 2004.